Well, that's a, one of the big differences is wine is just once a year. Beer you can do all year long because you've got a grain that stores. We've got the fresh grapes, so we have to make it right away. Mm, okay, see that makes so much sense and for some reason didn't even occur to me. Um... Today, Washington Beer Talk is featuring something a little different, a winery. Will Ridge Winery, to be specific. It's a little winery over in the Madrona neighborhood of Seattle. Over there at their Madrona location, they affirm it, package, and distribute the wine, and their recreational vineyard in Yakima grows the grapes. This is a special presentation by Washington Beer Talk for the gigantic Bicycle Fest. Will Ridge Winery will be serving their wine at the beer garden after the bike races at Gigantic Bicycle Fest, August 24th to 26th. If you like what you hear here, then you'll have to swing by the festival to, to sample some of their wine. So I'm Paul Beveridge. I'm the founder and winemaker for Will Ridge. Glenn Syvertson. I'm director of sales. So the first thing I'm noticing is that your last name is Beveridge. And I want to know, is that a <laughs> stage name or your real name? It is my real name. It's an aptonym. An so aptonym. I was born for this job. So you guys are going to be at Gigantic Bicycle Fest this year. How did you uh, get involved with that? Well, Glenn can tell you that story. We've been the sponsor ever since you guys came to Seattle, every year since you got here. Yeah, so it's been, what, four or five years now? Um, yeah, from the beginning. I don't know how we found out about it. I think it you guys found out about our bike racing team, okay. and that's that's how the word, word got out. For uh, for years, the Will and Will Ridge is my ex-wife. She was a professional bike racer, and I, I raced amateur, both of us, for about 25 years. And we sponsored the Wines of Washington bicycle team, which in its day, maybe still is, the largest racing team in the Pacific Northwest. How many people? 300. Everybody races. Yeah. You can't be a triathlete. You can't be a weekend warrior. It's it's not a club team. It's totally racing. If you don't race, you're off the roster. We dominated women's racing in the Northwest for a number of years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I love bike touring. Uh, in fact, how I got into wine was when I got out of school, I took a three-month tour from London to Rome by bicycle and went through the vineyards of France and Italy and just fell in love with that lifestyle. And then when my wife, she was a chef in town, uh, when she got to the point where she was ready to open her own restaurant, it's like, why don't we do a real French bistro? Where we're, she's making the food upstairs and I'm making the uh, wine in the basement. That's how we got started at Will Ridge uh, 30 years ago here in Seattle. We're, we're uh, Seattle's oldest winery. For a long time, we were the only winery in Seattle. And uh, we're celebrating our 30th, 30th year this year. Where we're sitting here is the original winery in the Madrona neighborhood of Seattle. So th this has been here from the beginning. Then 12 years ago, we planted the vineyard over near Yakima. The area is called Natchez Heights. Um, bike racers know it because the state championship um, finished it at our vineyard for a number of years. Uh, <laughs> wonder if you had and to it's do a that. brutal climb up <laughs> yeah. Natchez Heights Road, cool. one of the most stiffest climbs in uh, in Washington State. It's not called Natchez Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would love it if they did that again. Um, oh, but uh, so, and we did build a new winery up there. And that's where we cited the distilleries at the new winery. So, you know, we've got a lot more space over mm -hmm. there. But we still produce here in Seattle as well. So tell me about some of the wines you'll be bringing to the festival this year. Well, we've got a, one of the things about Will Ridge is we're the, uh, we try to be the greenest winery in Washington. I was an environmental lawyer in an older life. And so anything we do, we're organic, we're certified biodynamic, which is the highest level of certification. Only other one other winery in Washington has it. What does it mean? 
Uh, it's beyond organic. It's hmm. all these positive steps to maximize a lot of composting. The vineyard is a complete life cycle. Nothing, no outside inputs. It's uh, it's very cool. Tell me a little bit more about that. What do you mean a complete cycle, no outside inputs? Like your fertilizer is you know generated in like within your own bubble or something by, like that? By the marmots that live in the vineyard and, no and eat the grass. And, and there are bioreactors providing the nitrogen that the grapes need. You can also use cow manure. We, we have chickens. The uh, whole idea is that the farm is like a living organism itself. And the farmer is the brain, but everything else is, is it's beyond sustainable. And there's also a lot of positive steps, um, a lot of farmer's almanac stuff, planting by the phases of the moon. It's pretty cool. It'd be a whole nother podcast. You said beyond sustainable, and I'm sort of imagining like, it's so sustainable that it almost can export sustainability. Yeah, uh, sustainability is really a kind of a greenwashed word. Sustainable is sort of like, you used to smoke 20 cigarettes, and now you only smoke five, but you're still smoking, <laughs> you know? And so with Biodynamics and Organics, we, you know, we're completely clean. We, we add nothing to our brandies, and we add a little tiny bit of sulfites to our wines, mm -hmm. but just the bare minimum to keep them from turning into vinegar. At Gigantic this year, there's going to be uh, red wine. It's 80% uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and 20% Syrah, all Washington grown and produced. And it's packaged in 1.5 liter pouches, uh, recyclable. Otherwise, sports bags. Otherwise called the sports bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That the sports sack. The sports sack. <laughs> and besides being able to take it anywhere, it also stays fresh until it's gone and um, so we're gonna have those. I honestly don't know if we're gonna be able to sell whole pouches, but we're yeah. definitely selling by the glass again. And the white wine is a delicious blend of a Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc, and Pinot Gris. Yeah, so we also do wine growlers. We're the first winery to do growlers since yeah. Prohibition in Washington State. And there, 70% of a wine's carbon footprint is the energy to melt the bottle. So it's, it's this, beer has got a worse carbon footprint than wine because you have to cook it and you have to melt the bottle. So there's a lot of heat there. So when you wash the bottle with a growler, there you just eliminated 70% of the carbon footprint. The other pretty much 25% of the carbon footprint of a wine is transportation. It's a heavy thing to move. Well, you um, eliminate that with the bag. I prefer the refillable bottles and kegs from a pure environmental standpoint but you can't deny the convenience of the bags, no. you know? And the fact that sometimes, you know, like a single person might not want to buy a whole 1.5 liter growler and have it sitting in their fridge. Is it's basically it's basically a bag in the box wine without the box. Yeah. What does that life cycle for a, a winery look like? So you're talking about how you ferment once a year when the grapes are ready to go. Yeah, so um, then it goes in these barrels and hangs out or, or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, um, you know, unlike brewing, wine's seasonal. You only do it once a year. So at harvest, which is coming up in September, October, November, we'll go out, get the grapes, um, crush them to release the juice, ferment them, um, then uh, press them to get the juice off the skins. It goes into barrels and ages. Shorter time period for whites, longer for reds, and then, then we bottle and sell it. That's, that's the process in a nutshell. Do you do it here? We have in the past, and we do our refillable bottles here, we do our mm -hmm. kegs here, we do our 
Le sport sack. Mm -hmm. The sport sacks are filled, are filled here. They go in your pannier very nicely. You don't break them and you don't have the weight of the glass. Although our, our bottle is designed to fit perfectly in a bicycle water bottle. The standard Bordeaux bottle is, is perfect. Okay. So, you know, that's why I have three cages on my bike. In case you're traveling to a party, you know, you yeah. need to bring three bottles. <laughs> But with the bags, you know, you could you could stick them just yeah. So so that's this facility, and then we did um, we have our own bottling line out in Yakima on, okay. on Natchez Heights. So we do that as well. Some people say winemaker, but, but that word doesn't even exist in French. Yeah. Um, yeah, vintner's a good one because it implies you grow the grapes also. Yeah. Which not not many wineries do. Um, we're, we're one of the few that owns its own vineyard in, in the United States. Now in Europe, it's kind of expected. That's why they don't even have a word in French or Italian for winemaker. Interesting. Because, because all the work is in the growing of the grapes. Yeah. We're just a caretaker at the end of the process. About, yeah. I, I control about 10 to 15 percent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, roughly of the of, of what the wine is, mm -hmm. and so having your own vineyard and be able to have creative control from the very beginning is uh, really critical to being able to have maintain your own style. Well, and we're totally non-interventionist at, at Willridge, so we don't even add yeast. Oh, really? Yeah, our wines spontaneously ferment with the biodynamic uh, yeast that's just naturally there. Yeah, is that common? I uh, know. Okay. But it's the way it was done for thousands of years. Right, right. <laughs> you know, until Pasteur figured it out. Yeah. So it, it works really well. Uh, and that gives us um, some unique, unique character. Part of the terroir, the, the, what makes a wine from Natchez Heights different from a wine from, say, Red Mountain, the terroir, part of that, we think, is the natural yeast that mm -hmm. grows there. So that's why we use um, that. And we also do things like, you know, uh, pick on phases of the moon to make sure that the yeast is in the happiest phase of the month and the plants are the most sugars in the grapes. There's all sorts of things we do. But then once it's in the winery, we kind of are hands off. Mm. Uh, our wines are pure. You hear the word natural wine. Our wines are natural wines, but they taste good. There's a lot of organic and natural wine made by hippies who don't wash their feet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, there is some bad organic wine out there. Not, it's not, that's not Will Ridge. How'd you wind up with uh, Maison as your name? Um, Sound of French. Really, like because we've got the winery here in an old house. Yeah? Yeah, so it's kind of a stylized, a modernized version of the house on the label. Yeah. And then it's our, it's our everyday wine. It's, you know, wine you can have on Tuesdays because it's priced uh, priced to an equivalent of about um, 12 bucks a bottle. It's, uh, oh, well, it's a recession buster. Well, you know, they say it takes a lot of beer to make good wine. <laughs> Do they say that? It's, oh yeah, and because you spend the whole day in the winery and harvest, you know, till midnight, you get home, you don't want a glass of wine, you want a beer. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it takes a lot of wine to make good beer. I don't know. But <laughs> it's funny beer. if you want to talk about comparisons. Um, brewers make excellent winemakers. Winemakers can make lousy brewers because wine preserves itself. We don't have to cook it. We don't have to sterilize it. There's no pathogens that can exist in wine. So we don't have to be quite as clean as you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can accidentally put your elbow in the wine or something like that, and it's not going to ruin it like it would a beer. Um, and also, wine keeps, unlike beer, which is, you know, pretty much from the day you get it, it's the best, and kind of slowly, uh, you know, uh, with you know, few exceptions like barley wine. Wine, on the other hand, one of the few food products that can actually improve with age. That's why you get into the collecting of it. It's really just fortuitous that I opened a winery instead of a brewery. 
because yeah. the original plan was a brewery, and in fact, we were we, we were 24 hours of signing a lease for the old Red Door Ale House space, yeah. and we were going to put in Seattle's first brew pub. Then I, I worked um, with Dave Bueller, Moose, from uh, Elysian, yeah. and we, we were going to open the first Elysian together, but I didn't like the building he had. And then by the time he found the new building, he had other partners. Oh, uh, no, I'd opened the winery. So instead of doing that, I opened the winery. And, Whoa. Yeah. That's more, a crazy small world shit right there. We're open here in the winery on first Fridays. So mm -hmm. we'll be open tonight and have all the neighborhood coming by and we'll have live music and oh. have, have some fun. Oh, so you sell out of this spot. Yeah, we're set, we're going to set this up as soon as we're done here. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Where else can people get your wine? The best places that are two tasting rooms and our farmers markets. So uh -huh. we do more farmers markets than any other winery in Washington. We're the winery that got wine sampling at farmers markets. <laughs> we'll talk about that for a second. How, what did that take? Uh, three years of my life in Olympia lobbying, just like the refillable bottles and kegs took three years, and, and even even having an additional tasting room. So we have a tasting room at Pike Place Market called the Tasting Room. Then we have a market stand in the market that has all our wines seven days a week right next to City Fish. And then we're in about a dozen other markets, a tasting room at our vineyard near Yakima. For the bicycle people out there, we're, we, call, we call ourselves a recreational vineyard. We're on 50K of single track mountain biking. You don't need to go to Sun Valley. It's, you just need to come to Natchez Heights. There's great riding. And then the road riding, like on the old state championship course, is fabulous. I'm through the apple orchards and the rolling hills. We're on the foothills of the Cascades. Most of the wineries are further east. So we're the closest to Seattle. Two and a half hours door to door, and we can be your first stop or your last stop on the way back. And we allow camping in the vineyard anytime. Oh, we've, got our, we've got our own rock climbing wall. You're kidding. Yeah, with uh, some 512 pitches, some overhangs, 40 foot top roping. Oh man, yeah. totally natural. 24, You're we, kidding. 24 hitching, hitching posts for horses. Bring your kite. Bring your kite, <laughs> yeah. Three Air, Airbnb rooms. Nice. Oh my God. Okay, you you just described my next uh, date night, it's, next date weekend. It's it's life changing. It's, if you it, go there. it's 80 acres. We're up on a plateau. 360 degree views. Um, it's really uh, it's really amazing place. You can see why I just you know when I first drove up there within five seconds I was like this is it. So there's a hundred year old farmhouse that we converted into a tasting room, and then we took an old apple warehouse and we recycled it into a wine cellar and the new winery. And then we just bought a Portuguese still, hand-hammered copper Alembic pot still for making our brandies. And eventually we'll make some gin and some whiskey too, but right yeah. now we're focusing on the fruit brandy. Brandy is just um, distilled wine basically, right? You or got you, it. Yeah. So yeah. Are, you gonna make, are you trying to, are you basically be distilling your own wine or are you trying to make another product that you'll distill? No, we'll be certified organic and biodynamic wine from our estate vineyard. Plus we have apples and pears. Okay. So we'll make a pear brandy and an apple brandy. Nice. We'll make some grappa um, and, and a regular grape brandy. What's a grappa? That's a brandy made from the waste skins. Remember I was telling oh. you after the pressing? Yeah. Well, in the past we just composted that back into the vineyard, mm -hmm. but there's alcohol in it. And in France and Italy, it's called grappa in Italy and Mark in French. It's a pomace brandy from the, the pomace is the leftover pressings. So now we'll run that through the still. 50% of Americans have never heard of grappa. Of the 50% of the that heard of it, 50% think it's terrible. <laughs> so, because it's very, it can be done as a very cheap byproduct too. You know? So it's the cheapest form of alcohol in you know, convenience stores in Italy. 
but we're not making that kind of grappa. <laughs> we're going to make the high-end stuff okay. with just the hearts, and then it's as good as the finest cognac you've ever had, believe it or not. Okay. If it's not, we'll just make it turn it into vodka. You said <laughs> hearts just now, and I'm, I can only guess that's a distilling term for like the middle, that good, the good bit of the distillate, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. The part that's got the alcohol. So okay. it, the none beginning of this, none is none of this be- uh, methanol, like the all stuff the stuff that gives you the headache. Go. Yeah, okay. the stuff that gives you a headache is the heads. Then the hearts is the good stuff, and then the tails is water, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. So when um, a distiller is greedy, they put too much of the others in, and that's why their spirit doesn't taste as good. But if you focus just on the hearts, which we'll do, and then all that other stuff we'll put on our vodka program. Because vodka, you're trying to get rid of flavor, yeah. right? And we'll distill it over and over. We're trying to hold as much flavor in mm-hmm. as possible. We want our brandies, you know, to smell like apples, mm. to, to smell like pears, and, and have, have that carrot. Guys, we've been talking for a good amount of time. We yeah, you, thanks you, for coming by. Anything? Absolutely. Well, the, the one problem is we haven't had a glass of wine in front of us while we've been talking Oh, here. what the <laughs> hell were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, almost. Let's, let's pop a cork here and uh, call it a day, huh? I'd be down for that. Thank you, Paul, and thank you, Glenn. Thanks a bunch for the wine and for taking the time to sit around and chat with me. This was a special presentation for Gigantic Bicycle Fest. Catch these guys at the Beer Garden on Ride Day, August 24th to 26th, where yours truly has assembled a bunch of the best bike-themed breweries and wineries in town. This has been a special edition of Washington Beer Talk, and if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, then you can find Washington Beer Talk wherever you can get podcasts, like iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.